This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. It's a delicacy in many parts of Southern Africa, an excellent source of protein and, apparently, a crucial ingredient in ice cream. They may make some people a little squeamish, but Mopani worms could be a real game-changer as an alternative food source. And according to Masa, once you have Mopani worm ice cream, there's just no going back. OBS, or Observatory in Cape Town, is a colorful mix of cafes, bars, and pavement hangouts. Tucked away down a Harry Potter alley is a slim little ice cream shop that brews magic in cauldrons. This looks really cool. The philosopher wizard with the wooden spoon is Zimbabwean Tapiwa Guza. Because uh, we're making everything by hand, so as you can see, there are no machines at all. Tapiwa's special power is ice cream. The potions he's perfected are to reach his true goal, re-educating Africans about food and cultural beliefs. I have absolute faith in you. <laughs> this is going to be my first time tasting Amasi ice cream. Oh, wow. Today so, is the day. I like the plum, actually. The plum, the Amasi yeah. At this ice cream store, you will not find rum and raisin or chocolate. Here, you will find flavors that challenge your taste buds using authentic African flavors. Creations like Imbepo smoke and Kalahari salt to clay ice cream. How did we get to the flavors? Because it's not just any ice cream you've got here. That happened by chance. I was in a restaurant in Salt River where they sell Zimbabwean food. And that's when I was like, I wonder what would happen if I put that into ice cream. And I bought some fruits from the market, went home, baobab, masau, made those first five flavors. And that's when I realized all along I've been having ice cream in a very strange way because this is how ice cream should feel and taste on the continent to me. A doctorate in molecular biology has helped Tapiwa create gastronomic fame with an unusual signature dish of, wait for it, Mopani worm ice cream. <laughs> wow, no, I kid you not. The proudest moments in the space is when you get someone to change their mind, examine their prejudices and maybe shift their internal bias system a little bit. When I came here, I had no idea what to expect. But what I've just tasted, I don't know how I'm going to leave. Ask anyone to list indigenous South African crops and they usually would be at a loss for words. But with the climate crisis intensifying, underutilized and lesser known crops are likely to become the superstars of food security. Tracing the source of Tapiwa's star ingredient, we traveled to the border of the Kruger Park in Limbobo. Here, spring rains bring the southern African woodlands and Mopani trees to life that feed and lend their name to the large edible caterpillar that hatches from the eggs laid by the emperor moth. Joburg chemical engineer Wendy Vesela Ndimbani comes home to Palaborwa twice every year for the Christmas and Easter Mopani worm harvest. It's also precious family time 
with her father Rickson. My dad, Mr. Timbani, and my harvesting um, comes from him and my mom. So yeah, I just caught up with him now, which is lovely because he's got a bucket, one of the big ones. Uh. Like most people here who grow up eating Mobani worms, the Ntimbani family harvests for household use and to generate income. Most of the people, they just enjoy And most of people, they don't eat, but they enjoy uh, to be in the bush like it's a, this. It's a community as well, yeah. you know, it's, your community, you are talking and you are just having a good time picking this delicacy. Wendy believes Mobanis are vastly underrated because unlike livestock, they thrive in the wild without fertilizers, hormones or husbandry. And they have three times more protein than beef and generate hardly any greenhouse gases. These harvesters pity people who are too squeamish to try them. I think they're scared of them because hey! <laughs> Taking the worms from the tree to the table is far easier than livestock. They are washed, boiled, dried in the sun, and then they are good to go. Wendy has left her chemical engineering career and started a Mopani worm company. Mobanis are becoming big business, estimated at over a billion rand just in Southern Africa. Wendy has created a number of products and reduced dried worms to a protein-rich flour. Then we have the, the Mopani protein powder, which you can bake with it, uh, but a lot of our consumers are using it in their smoothies. Uh, they're using it for protein recovery and, and things like that. Looking at African food, you know, with the research that we're getting, that we're realizing more and more their nutritional value and that they're actually environmentally sound. I think historically, if you look at it, people always knew what was good for them and what was good for the land. Musima Mabizela, who grew up in a small village near Polokwane, says her family thrived on the worms. I love how um, we create a relish with them and then just eat them with pap. You don't need uh, meat. But then some people don't like them. They feel like we are eating bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Yet they eat prawns. Yes, yeah, they're like, ah, these are indigenous prawns. No, those are my body worms. <laughs> Musima is a PhD student in agriculture at the University of Stellenbosch. Back home, she could see how global warming was hitting subsistence farmers like her father hard. Mamotata Mabizela's non-indigenous crops struggled without fertilizers and pesticides. Yeah, these are the insects that are causing trouble. Mm -hmm. I want to be a researcher that can go out into communities and educate them about climate change and how they can adapt with the minimal resources that they have. At the university, Musima is experimenting with another indigenous crop of her youth. I come here every day, 6 a.m. I need to be here every day. The Bambara nut was a childhood comfort food, and it turns out it's an African super crop. She's testing how they fare in sawdust and mist for future adverse conditions. You can mix them with stem. It's a climate smart crop. It's heat resistant. Um, for instance, temperatures can go up to 38 in the tunnel. That's extremely hot. But then it's giving me the yield that that's very, very good. 
Musima believes that the Bombara nut may play a pivotal role to reduce South Africa's dependence on environmentally risky monocrops like rice, wheat and maize. And just from your experience, what are some of the misconceptions that you found about African foods? We are skeptical of blackness. Anything made by an African is always going to be vetted, it's always going to be questioned. So that there's an underlying current of like skepticism around anything anyone African does. Tapiwa believes that we need to embrace African produce like the Mopani worm and Bambara nuts. With their nutritional and environmental benefits, they will play a pivotal role in the continent's future food security. His ice cream, he says, may just be the catalyst. I think ice cream is a nice analog for the rest of life. We live on this continent, we should be enjoying mostly this continent. Experts have identified insects as the food of the future. So, would you opt for a protein-rich insect diet if given the choice? We'd love to hear what you think, so join the chat online using hashtag carte blanche. Thanks for listening. Why not share carte blanche the podcast with family and friends, even those living overseas? They can find us now on Spotify and all major platforms. 